Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. It's April 16, 2012, and this is episode 331. Last week, I visited the Tsukiji Fish Market here in Tokyo with Scott Jarvie and had a wonderful time shooting around the market. And so today, I'm going to share some of my experiences and photos with you with some advice for shooting there yourself interwoven, including a bit of a Japanese lesson to help you make the most of your visit. Remember too that if you don't listen to the enhanced version of this podcast and you don't have access to the images that we'll talk about on your phone or iPad, do go over to my blog at mbp.ac slash 331 to see the manuscript and all of the images that we'll talk about as large as possible uh, so that you can follow along with that. Over the last 12 years or so since I moved to Tokyo, I've certainly not made the most of the fact that I live in one of the largest cities in the world with regards to my photography. I'm not much of a street photographer, largely because I rarely like my resulting images, but also because I've simply prioritised my time to concentrate on my nature and wildlife work. I have, though, for a long time wanted to visit the Tsukiji fish market. So when I was in a Google Plus hangout with Scott Jarvie, who was set to come to Tokyo for a few days last week, I decided to go and check it out with Jarvie and see what we could make of it. I ended up with 26 photos that I really quite like and have posted an album on Google Plus if you want to check that out and i'll put a link to that into the blog in the blog post for the for this episode and into the show notes but i've basically selected 12 images from that set that i'll quickly walk you through today but i did want to give you a heads up about an important aspect that that we missed because i didn't know exactly how early we needed to be there Basically, on the Tsukiji Fish Market website, it says that they start registration for two groups of 60 people to enter and watch the tuna auctions from 5.25 to 5.50 for the first group, and then from 5.50 to 6.15 for the second group. The earliest train that I could get wouldn't have gotten me to the market until around 6.30 a.m., and Jarvie's first train wouldn't get him there until around 5.25. So I drove and parked in a nearby car park and took a steady walk over to the office by around 5.10, thinking that I'd get two spaces for me and Jarvie and just wait for him to arrive. You can imagine how shocked I was to find, though, that by 5.10, all 120 visitors' spaces were already taken. I asked why they'd all gone in less than 10 minutes and was told that people actually start arriving at around 4am to secure their slot. 
I heard the same thing a number of times through the morning that people generally arrive, start to arrive and register from 4am. So if you want to visit and you want to actually watch the auction, then you'd better get up especially early. Not that getting there by 5.10am is exactly what I'd call a lie-in, mind. Another thing to note is that the market is pretty much out of bounds until 9am once the auction's finished. So although you can go a little early and get some shots uh, from afar, if you don't intend to get there by 4am to get into the auctions, you might as well take your time. As you can see in this first image that we've got up in the Enhanced Podcast or on the blog, there are security guards that will ask you to leave the market if you walk in before 9am. Javi and I snuck around the car park and shooting images like this from the outskirts, and I do like the results, so I don't want to play this down too much, but for the most part, we were killing time, and once we were allowed into the market from 9am, the pace of shooting changed, and the results, the resulting images were very different as well. Another thing to note is that there are electric, electric carts buzzing around the market all the time, usually in convoy and not really abiding by any rules as far as road markings go. I heard these things bump together a few times and they're heavy and hard and really would hurt if you got clipped or even full-on bumped into by one, so stay aware. In fact, you should always keep in mind that this is a, a working market, not a theme park or a tourist attraction. Be respectful at all times that you're a visitor and you are being allowed to be there out of kindness and not duty. A few years ago, the market was actually taken totally out of bounds to visitors due to the lack of respect for simple rules and common sense. And it would be a shame if that were to happen again. So don't touch anything, keep out of the way, um, you know, relatively low profile, and let's just play nicely. So as we weren't able to enter the auctions, where they lay out literally hundreds of tuna fish to be auctioned off to the highest bidder. We had a walk around the sushi shops in the nearby vicinity to the market, and they themselves provided some good photo opportunities. Here we can see one of the lines of sushi shops that we walked around. There were a few shops that had long queues of non-Japanese visitors outside and I'm guessing that that's because they offered great sushi at very cheap prices. Javi and I decided though to go into Sushi Ichiba which is a small establishment at, that you can see on the left of this shot. It wasn't exactly cheap with what we selected being around 2,800 yen which is about $34 but we didn't have to queue up for an hour, and boy was it good. And here's another shot from behind one of these little restaurants of a young sushi shokunin with his knife cutting up the tuna, removing the bits that wouldn't be used. 
ready to be more the, the tuna then ready to be more thinly sliced and placed on the top of rice to make sushi. This day to me was very much about textures with lots of buildings and fittings like the shelves in this shot. So I decided to process most of the batch in Nick Software's Color Effects Pro 4. I've processed them to the point where they are just, a, just starting to look a little bit like HDR images, but as a complete set, a body of work, I quite like the feel of these. Note that for just about everyone in these shots, I asked for permission to photograph the subjects. In Japanese, and here's your Japanese lesson, May I take your photograph is Shashin totemo ii desu ka? If you are going to head into the market or photograph people anywhere in Japan for that matter, keep this in mind. And, you know, maybe keep, keep hold of this recording if you usually delete them and just listen to it a few times, repeating after me. Then, when you've finished photographing, hopefully not taking too long, or even if you do, you know, sort of making sure that you, you don't outstay your welcome. Thank the person whose photo you took with Arigatou gozaimasu or Arigatou gozaimashita, which both mean thank you, with the latter there being past tense, which is sometimes preferred, especially if you were with the person for a while. There are different ways to say these phrases but as someone that's lived here in Japan now for 21 years you can trust me that this is about the best way to say these simple and yet practical phrases in everyday use. By the time we'd eaten and loitered outside the entrance to the market for a while longer it was finally 9am so we headed inside to photograph the people that work here. I'd ask the gentleman on the right in this photo if it was okay to photograph, photograph them as they used a variety of knives. Uh, actually, I prefer to call them swords to cut up a tuna. As we waited for them to get started, a group of foreigners started to gather and without any of them asking if it was okay, they all just silently snapped away for the entire time. Some of the security guards actually tell you to ask permission before taking photos, but still, I found it sad that some people just shot away without any real concern for the feelings of the subject. I understand that I'm lucky to already know the language, but when possible, it would be best to at least make an effort to ask permission, even if it's just pointing to your camera and asking the pretty much universal question, Okay? At this point, the guy in this photo came back to his stall on the opposite side from the stall where they were cutting up the tuna and had some fun in Japanese talking about the large group of foreigners that had taken over the front of his workspace. After a minute or so, I decided to politely make him aware that not all of the foreigners he was talking about didn't understand what he was saying. I turned and apologised for getting in the way, in Japanese of course. This was met with laughter from him and his friends and, you know, all of the people on his stall. 
And basically, they, they looked a little bit embarrassed, but we continued to have a very nice conversation. And, you know, as you might guess, despite the tough appearance of this guy, um, he seemed to have a heart of gold. Part of our conversation was actually about how many people that work in fishing ports or related industry can be quite tough looking and rough, but inside they are warm and generous people. I also learned that he was a baseball coach for a school baseball team and we talked about how emotional it can get to watch the high school baseball tournament at Koshien Stadium. And that's just finished here in Japan. We laughed a lot, and then one of the others on his store came back with a few pieces of tuna on a plastic tray and proceeded to open a packet of soy sauce over it for me to try. The raw tuna or sashimi was absolutely beautiful, and of course, I wouldn't be much of a friend if I hadn't let them know that Jarby was with me so that he could try too. This kind of offering of food like this is quite typical of the Japanese once you've made a connection, as we had, and I was really pleased to have been taken in by them as they did. Javi just mentioned this afternoon on a Google Plus post as I was preparing for this podcast that it made a big difference with my understanding Japanese and helped us to get some photos that wouldn't otherwise have been possible, and I totally agree. Being able to speak the language makes such a difference at times like this. If you ever want a personal guide, by the way, here in Japan, I'm not cheap, but I'd be glad to quote a price if I'm available during your visit, so do drop me a line using the contact form on the blog if you're seriously interested and want to hook up like this. We continued to walk around the market and was amazed by just how large the place is. Even for someone like me that hasn't particularly enjoyed this kind of photography so far, there's just a wealth of opportunities for great images, such as this guy in this image looking for a piece of tuna in his freezer full of the stuff. By the way, I shot most of my images with the 70-200 f2.8 lens, my 51.4 and my 14mm f2.8 lens. I also used the 24-70 f2.8 a little as well. But these last three images that I'm quickly showing you here were all made with the 14mm, which is behind that slightly funky perspective. The light in the market can be amazing too, with reflections in the wet cobblestone floor. And in this last shot, you can see that we'd found a spot where the light was pouring in through a glass skylight. I found the light, the people and the place to be quite magical and will certainly be going back again soon, probably by 4am next time so that I can get into the tuna auctions and see what I can make of that. I'm actually quite happy to have found at least a, a bit of a voice in street photography here. I have, of course, been shooting and posting some street photography for years, but always found Japan frustrating because of the peace signs 
and cute poses when you try to get photographs of anyone. On this trip, though, there was none of that. And this, along with some of the shots from a recent photo walk that I did too, might just start to turn it around for me with regards to this relatively unexplored, on my part of course, photographic genre. One last thing that I wanted to touch on before we finish is that the Tsukiji fish market is moving from its current location to a place called Toyosu, about 10 minutes down the road. The actual date is not set yet, but it's expected to be within the next two or three years. I'll try to remember to come back and update this post and this po- I won't update the podcast, but the blog post. Um, but do note that if you're listening to the podcast or reading my blog in or after 2014, the market might have moved. So do check beforehand. I'll put a link to the official website in the show notes though and try to update that too, at least on the blog, if it changes in the future. But remember that you can get to those blog posts uh, just by typing in mbp.ac slash 331 where 331 is the episode number. And don't forget to check out the rest of the photos from this day on my Google Plus page and I'll probably drop them on Flickr as well as my own gallery too, whichever suits you. But do let me know what you think as well. Thanks very much for listening today. Remember that you can find me on Google Plus and Twitter, etc. All links are on the top page at martinbaileyphotography.com, so do drop by and take a look. I'll be back next week with another episode, but in the meantime, you take care and have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye.